Educators want to stay fresh with literacy instruction, but are so busy with students, they don't always have the time. All year long, Choice Literacy publishes and delivers the best K-12 literacy practices so that educators can grow their students as readers and writers with choice in literacy. Welcome to the Big Fresh Choice Literacy Podcast. I'm Ruth Ayers. I try to challenge myself each week to do something a little different or something maybe a little more exciting or personalized. Jessica Mendoza. Make it personal. My friend Jenny broke her ankle the day before I broke mine. She had surgery the day before I had mine. It's been interesting to share our experiences and to find out what is the same and what is different. Just because Jenny and I both broke our ankles and needed surgery doesn't mean we have the same needs throughout the healing process. As x-rays are imaged, swelling checked, blood pressure measured, pain levels indicated, our data is collected. This experience made me think about the way we collect data and use it in school. It is easy to look at the numbers and respond mechanically with the next steps for learning. However, the thing Jenny and I most appreciate is that our medical teams are personal. My team knows I can't wait to go for a run one afternoon. Jenny's team knows she wants to quickly return to an active job with children. The personalization of data is what allows the best next steps to be determined. The same is true when it comes to the data we collect about student learning. When we take the time to make it personal, the best next steps are determined. In a world that is increasingly bombarded by data, we can be quick to toss it into the one more thing I don't have time to deal with today pile. That's why this week's collection of articles gave me pause. They are about using data in powerful ways by first making it personal. One of my all-time favorite quotes is by middle grade author Avi. If you want to teach me to write, first you must love me. It holds true for writing and for almost anything else we want to teach. Using data to plan the best next steps comes down to care and personalization. Ruth, I I really just don't know what to say. When I read that you had a friend who also broke her ankle at the same time you did, because I know uh, what a journey this is. And to have a friend go alongside you, I don't know what that is, Ruth. Maybe you could tell us a little bit. <laughs> well, it is, you know, I don't know if it's serendipity or irony or what it is, but um, it is really fascinating, right? Like that, that Jenny and I have both broken our ankles and we're really going through the, the healing process at the same time. Um, and it just makes me think a lot about the data that's coming in, right? Because the, the things that we are experiencing are indicating next steps. And yet at the same time, our doctors and can tell us, you know, kind of what to expect. And it is making me think a lot about the data we collect on kids and then how we're using that to move forward with, with um, instruction. And so, um, 
I was excited about the articles in this collection this week. Um, some of them are are like they're they're super fresh. So uh, we have uh, contributors can participate in a virtual writing group and. Uh, so in last month, we had a writing group and both Dana and Heather had submitted these articles that are featured this week. And I just was so intrigued because here they are, you know, across the country from one another and they're writing about this topic um, that matters. And it just makes me realize that if it's mattering to them, then it's mattering to educators across the country. And so to, to be able to put together this issue about data and how it can be personal and really guide our instruction was exciting. So Dana's article is about data review days that's looking beyond numbers to they actually are looking at the faces of kids. And then they're talking about kids, the, the whole child as opposed to just this one number. And then Heather Fisher is an instructional coach and she's talking about how they really kind of rebranded their data meetings and even shifted the language to call them mining meetings and how when they began digging into the data to inform their instruction and, and also giving time uh, in this article, Heather's talking about uh, not rushing through the meeting, but really lingering and learning more about what kids need. Uh, they just they matched really well together and um, and so i just think and then when we look into the leaders lounge uh material in a little bit again there's some there's more articles just about um, using data and how to use it in ways that that are really wise and personable in our instruction Ruth, I really enjoyed these articles for a lot of reasons. Uh, they do feel very fresh. Also, um, just the way they were written, they have such voice to them. I enjoyed them. But what I what I think really struck me was in Dana's article, um, she talks a little bit about how she used to think about data review days uh, to the point where she says they just drain my teacher's soul right out of my body. <laughs> and I think so often when teachers hear that word data, it does drain their teacher's soul right out of their body. And so um, I've always been kind of a data geek. I mean, I honestly love looking at that and digging in to what kids understand and how they're growing. But I think Dana makes such a fantastic point. And what I notice about all of these articles together is they really were about getting at the student story, about really understanding beyond those numbers who kids are and what they're doing and what a difference that can make. So I guess in reading them in whole for me, it made me realize the importance of keeping that student in the forefront. And also as Heather reiterates in her article, that leading with curiosity and what are we curious about about the students that were, that are part of our learning communities. Yeah, and Heather gives this like, even a meaning agenda with some times on it. And I think it's, it's such a helpful article uh, to help, you know, just reframe the way that we look at data. Yeah, I think that how we're using it piece is worth so much conversation. And I know we're always trying to get better at that piece. Uh, Heather stumbles on a, a point that I think always helps 
people to think about that curiosity. And she talks about the value of having extra eyes on someone. And I can think, you know, every year there just seems to be students that are a little bit puzzling to me. And I, you know, dig in my teacher trick bag and I can't quite find the right, right way forward. And sometimes just having someone else's eyes on that child and taking a look at that work helps me to see things in a new way. And, you know, so often Ruth, when um, as a, as an instructional leader, I've sat in a lot of data team meetings. And so often too, we don't see the strengths. We don't see the gains that kids have made. And so often those extra eyes can help us to celebrate those steps forward in the, in the work that we're doing. So I really love this collection um, for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, you know, in the free-for-all section, there's an article that's actually called, It's Not the Assessment, It's How You Use It. It's by Claire Landrigan and Tammy Mulligan. And it's just getting right back to the heart of what you're talking about, Kathy. You know, how do we use the, the assessment in a way that makes, makes the best impact? Yeah, they really talk about if we just look at those numbers, we're really losing so much data, so to speak. And I think that finding the value in uh, the other pieces of information we have about kids and their learning, this article really speaks to that. Um, there's a statement in their article that stayed with me. We believe that what is most important is that we can assess the full profile of a reader and use the assessment data to inform your teaching. And I think that you know, we can get a little caught on one track of building our readers and forget that reading is this, this entire system. And we really need to look at all those pieces to best understand how to move forward with our kids. Yeah, Kathy, I think that people will enjoy um, doing more of that thinking just by looking at Gail and jo Jones. Um, it's a video and a little bit of an article, and it's just about using what they call data cards, and it's to help an entire grade level look at reading levels of all students. I just think it's a system that works well. Yeah, I think that works really well, Ruth, as I think about the Leaders Lounge articles that talk about leading some of those conversations with grade level teams and sitting alongside teachers, and the cards uh, allow the opportunity to get some of that concrete data down and then bring the voices of the stories into it. And I thought that uh, Gwen Blumberg's article this week, using a filtering process to make data-driven intervention decisions, works so nicely alongside that because she talks about the way um, they decided the information, screening information just on their K-2 students wasn't enough and they wanted to take a closer look at their grades three through five and how they put in place some screeners and then how they weed through that screening data to know where they need to dig a little bit deeper. And I felt like thinking about that video alongside this article uh, was a great way to step forward. Yeah, I appreciate uh, Gwen's explanation of just their filtering process. She's got a great visual guide that readers can download um, and really recreate that in their schools as well. Yeah, I think that the visual, I spent a lot of time just looking at that, I'm kind of a geek and I love those things, but I think too, it really highlights the important pieces of weeding through screening information and knowing where you need to take a closer look at what kids are doing in the classroom and dig a little more with um, some other assessments. 
I paired it with Matt Rinwick's new article about uh, just establishing a poaching culture. Uh, this He has a brand new book that's just coming out called Lead Like a Coach. And um, I think it's going to really be uh, just a treasure uh, as far as professional reads go for coaches and principals and really learning how do we lead teachers in ways that make a difference. Yeah, it was interesting when I read the title of the article, I I had thought at first it might be about like, you know, having coaches in your building and building that culture, but actually what it was about was the the power that teachers bring to the table, right? And how building them up is with some of that um that thinking around coaching can really help them in some of those challenging conversations that they also have and uh, ways to provide feedback to leaders and ways to take feedback from other people. And I just thought it was a really interesting thing to think about. I think we can all think about having been in conversations with colleagues or teammates that didn't go the way we wanted or where we really weren't at our best. And I think it puts a nice reminder on how to be a good listener. Um, he talks about that empathetic listening, but then also how to respond in a productive way. So David Pittman's article, Reframing Data Discussions, uh, kind of rounds out this uh, issue about data. And I think um, it is such an enjoyable read and also a super practical article. Oh, I'm just chuckling thinking about it, Ruth. I, I just love because it's true as coaches and as instructional leaders, sometimes we get put in these situations of leading data discussions that are a little bit uncomfortable until we work through with teams the best way to move forward. And his take on his administrator coming to him and asking him to lead this discussion and his, we get to see kind of his thinking um, inside his head. I was rolling on the floor laughing, but what was most important was reading how David went through that discomfort of leading that meeting and wanting it to be a good productive time for teachers and how he really got to that place where he knew that meant getting student stories right out there in the center of the discussion. And I learned a lot of useful information, uh, ways to step forward in these difficult situations, and also had some really good laughs while I read. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love when David, he wrote, big data can reveal big ideas. Making sure those ideas are put into practical, actionable plans can turn a meeting from depressing to empowering. I just thought it was so wise and uh, just that the reality of, you know, like at the beginning where he's asked to lead the meeting and he says, sure. And in his head, he's saying like, please say no, or I want to call in sick, like all of this reality and then how he turns it into a, a productive meeting. Um, it is an article that I think is is useful for today's school leaders. Ruth, I thought David's advice too that, you know, sometimes just really taking a look at some of those things that might be needed next, the difficulties that kids are having kind of as a whole group and then as individuals can bring some attention and we can just make subtle shifts in the work that we do that can have a really big impact if we're just aware that we need to do that. And I, I thought it was interesting, you know, he said, it doesn't always mean we need a new program 
or something new, sometimes just putting that attention in the right spot really makes all the difference and uh, very useful points that he's made in this article. I think coaches and literacy leaders will find it very helpful. And I think teachers too. At Choice Literacy, we know that you want to be an educator who makes students' lives better through literacy. In order to do that, you need access to comprehensive literacy practices delivered in a way you will actually use. With over 150 in-the-field contributors, we understand the pressure to reach a variety of needs and not enough time to do it, which is why we hold true to workshop tenets like choice and share practical ways to plan and deliver literacy instruction straight to the point of student need. You can find links to all of the articles discussed in the show notes or sign up for the Big Fresh so you can have the links delivered directly to your inbox. Keep growing readers and writers by offering choice in literacy.